Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com. Good morning and welcome back to Rookies and Rockstars. So nice to be back with you, Miss Prue, my darling heart. How are you? I'm fine. You're looking absolutely amazing. Your boop is like growing oh, and you, you look so good. you can't say so boop. Are good. you joking? You don't love to say boop. You have to say bump. I'll smash you in the face. Okay, let's go. Let's go back. Your bump is looking absolutely amazing. You don't look like you're eight months pregnant. Thanks, darling. <laughs> welcome to you. Uh, we're not sure how your week has gone, but it's Wednesday, best day of the week. It's hump day. And so it's so great to, to be back. I was in Durban last week. Such a love going back to Durbs every now and Durban again. is amazing. <gasps> I love that weather. I love that weather. Isn't it just? It's mm-hmm. so, so divine. So thanks for joining us with, it's me and Miss Prue chatting life with you. We don't know where you are, what you're doing. All we want to make sure is that you are motivated and feeling amped for life and just chatting around general issues and life vibes that feed into your journey, who you are, what you want to be, where you're going. And today, a little bit more on the serious side, mm-hmm. but I just think that it's the serious stuff that also we have to factor into life a little. Exactly. Hey? It's stuff that we need to, to talk about because I think some people are in this current situation that we're going to talk about yeah. and they really need to need help with it. Absolutely. So we did say, but before we get onto that though, Ms. Prue is... Uh, I'm trying to find the word that, that to, to use. I wouldn't normally in- engage in this kind of conversation, but I'm quite intrigued. But she's would, desperate to tell you about her experience look, last night. So would, let's let her talk about it. <laughs> I just wanted to share my experience about what happened last night. So I'm chilling with the girls, right? And we're having conversations about um, strip joints and how they look and whatnot. And we were like, you know what? Let's just go to a strip joint. And we ended up in a strip joint. Just to see what goes down. The money that people spend in the strip joint is ridiculous. In town? It is. It's, it's in town. It's called Summit. Huh? But we had the time of our lives. It's absolutely amazing. Like, it it made me look at, um, I don't know if I can say this, but it made me look at sex differently. Whoa. Well, Zs. We're just going to hope our studio guests don't judge us. Don't judge me. Don't you dare judge me. No, well, this is it. This thumbs is up. Uh, there's and, thumbs you know, up from the guests. <laughs> and also, I, I guess you might get gigs there. Being, no. a, being a DJ. No, no, no. Look, I won't concentrate. <laughs> well, it depends I will not concentrate. No, it, it was a good experience. At least I went just to, ex- just to see what happens in a strip yeah. joint. Nice and and just a blend of like women and men both or men Look, I and wish, women. I wish there were men strippers. I wish there were male strippers where we were. It was just women the whole night. So yeah. no magic mic, eh? No magic oh, mic. Imagine. What a oh, but anyway. So I mean, you know, you know what is interesting about that though, and that's actually probably a great intro into introducing who we're going to chat to. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, half of those people who are there mm. are not spending money they have. I believe so too. I think money. I think it's pretty. They might look like they do because there's Johnny Walker's busting on the tables, mm-hmm. but I guarantee it that half that spend is on plastic, and that's how they get themselves into debt. But listen, the guys that were there had rolls of money in their hands, like rolls, not just rolls. like rolls, not just like fifty bucks and whatnot, like two hundred rand notes of rolls, and they were just throwing them in the air. 
Really? Like I promise you, where does all of that money come from? Well, I'm not sure, but what what I am sure of is I still stand by, even though you say there were roles. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I believe that that's the start of where some people find themselves in horrendous debt <laughs> and the normal stuff, exactly like shoes and clothes. <laughs> so we, we do want to chat about this because I believe that you might be in a situation where you're in debt, either with your bank or your you know, your underwriter of the credit card, whatever it is. And one of the things that I'm not so great at, and I don't know about you, Miss Prue, mm-hmm. I don't really always know my rights. I don't always yeah. understand the legalities around debt. And if a bank issued me with a letter or if an, an attorney issued me with a letter or if a sheriff rocked up on my yeah. door, I wouldn't actually know. I'd be so terrified by the letter looking so legal that I would do whatever they say. Exactly. So this morning, before we even get into the debt side, I, I, we want to help you understand what all these words are that, we, that we're using on Twitter, like credit ombud and all these things. So we're going to welcome a very well-established South African credit ombud who's Nikki Lalamohan. Welcome to you. Thank you, Jade, and welcome to your listeners. <coughs> awesome. Thanks for, thanks for giving us your time. Mm. Before we delve into the legalities and the technical side and all the, you know, in-depth information that people are, are wanting to know about, what is it, what do you do as a credit ombud? The credit ombud, uh, ombud is in a sense like a judge. Okay. Um, um, we um what we do is we resolve complaints um between consumers and credit providers free of charge but we do so on the basis of various we use the law we use fairness we use equity and to a large extent it's rather informal um rather than a court of law that is very formalistic uh, we do it free of charge in an informal manner. We have the rights to ask for documentation, and we have the rights to make a ruling which is binding on the credit providers. So if they don't agree with our decision, I can make a ruling, and that ruling is binding, which they have to then comply with. Wow. So if you had to create a mini little case study almost of, of a situation, mm. would that be... Mary Smith owes 15,000 rand to Standard Bank where, and she's been taken to court. Where would your role come in? Okay, maybe it's best to start from, you know, then go through the entire process. Okay, wonderful. Okay, mm. so Mary Smith's got this credit card um, and uh, she pays for the first month and um, pays for the second month, but she gets into difficulty and stops paying. So the first month that she stops paying, you'll get a soft call. Your account is in arrears, please pay, but you don't have the means to pay, or sometimes you don't want to pay, you just ignore it. But by the third missed payment, the bank would then take action against you. In terms of taking action against you, what they have to do is issue you with a letter in terms of uh, the National Credit Act, and that's the Section 129 letter. Yeah. And that letter tells you that you are in default. Please make up the arrears. But it also tells you that you have rights. You have rights to go to an ombudsman. You have rights to go to debt counseling. Or you have rights to enter into a rearrangement for payment. So should that Section 21 letter that arrives, should it state what your options are? It must state what your options are. And it does state that it's a prescribed letter in terms of the law. So it gives you all the rights that you can do. It tells you that you may go to an ombud. You could go for debt counseling. Please contact us to do a rearrangement. So those are the options. 
But the point is that when people get that, not many people, um, you know, um, in a sense, now take advantage of the options that are available. They just leave it. Mm. Um, and sometimes they just leave it because they don't have money to pay. But sometimes. I also think it's not mm. knowing. Like even even if I had to get the letter, I'm so bad at admin. It's a joke. Number one, it's the worst part of my character. So I would get the letter and either out of fear, just respond and do whatever that section one told me to do, or like now I'm only finding out what a, uh, that I can go to a credit ombud or that I can. Debt counselling sounds like I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> you know. So how many how many people actually take those options? Do you know? Um, are there stats on that? There are stats in terms of debt counselling and that uh, that there's not much of an uptake. Okay. Uh, there should be mm. more, and that's because of the manner in the, the way debt counselling operates. Because once you get into debt counselling, you can't end that trap forever. You will not get credit, nothing. Though they've amended the law now to say that if you paid up at least some of your your your, your agreements, mm. you could get a paid up letter. But you know the bond would still continue. And imagine a bond is for twenty years, thirty years. Mm. So if you're in debt counselling, you you're out of credit for thirty years. Wow! Uh, but the law has been amended now to, in the event of you settle your other debts, you get a paid up letter, and you know you could still continue with the bond and get credit. So what's what's really debt counselling all about? Um, debt counselling is, is you go. to... Is it like an AA group for people that are in debt or? Um, how do how do you get that debt no, counselling? Debt counselling is prescribed in terms of the National Credit Act. Mm-hmm. There are people who are debt counsellors who are mm-hmm. registered with the National Credit Regulator. So they sit down. They sit you. down. They're like a financial planner or mm-hmm. whatever. So you go and see them and say, "Listen, I've got so many credit agreements. I'm in real trouble." They then do a rearrangement with your creditors. Mm. So if you were Paying like five thousand on your all your outstanding debt, you can't afford that. Mm. They'd reduce that amount to like two thousand five hundred rand, and pay your creditors not the amount that you were supposed to pay, but a mm. very reduced amount, so that you can survive and manage, so that eventually you solve. So you would pay that money to the debt counselor or a payment distribution agent, and they would pay it over to uh, the credit provider. So that's, and then you're in debt counseling, but the problem is that you are flagged on the bureau that you are under debt counseling. So mm-hmm. if you try and apply for credit, you will not get it because the bureau will tell them that you're under debt counseling. Is that when you've undergone the whole ITC yes. blacklisting process? Um, no, the blacklisting process. Yeah, yeah. Forget. You know, we, we, yeah. I hope you're not blacklisted because you sound <laughs> no, like, like I'm you not. knew exactly what the no, process like every time, like. every time, every time you want to apply for a loan or for something, there's always that thing. They always ask you, are you going, undergoing debt counseling? Oh. Are you blacklisted? Yeah. Are you this? Are you that? Okay. So it's yeah. just questions I ask myself, like, who actually goes through those yeah. processes? Just a point on, on, we don't really like the term blacklisting because mm. it has other connotations because uh, credit information is both positive and mm. negative. And your positive information is very important because it, it shows that you're a good credit risk. Yeah. You'll get credit. You can negotiate better rates. So your profile is both positive and negative. So what word should we use instead? Yeah. Um, I think uh, uh, the word would be, Vita, what would you say? Mm-hmm. Adverse listing. Adverse 
Adverse consumer listing. Adverse consumer listing. Okay. It's more English. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so we've established then they get this credit, they get this, uh, the, the letter, credits, the, the 21. Letter. Yes. Mm-hmm. What happens then? 129, section 129. Oh, sorry, section 129. So you have uh, 20 days in which to do something about it. If you fail to do something about it within 20 days, the credit provider then, re- using an example of, say, Standard Bank, then will go to their lawyers and issue a summons against you. Mm. Now, when you receive the summons, you also have options. You can defend the action, um, in which case you go to file a notice of intention to defend, but you'll only do so when you really have a defense. Mm. Most people, when they are sued for credit, they don't have a defense. They owe the money. But sadly, most people do not act on the summons. Mm. So there's a time period that has to pass seven days when, after which you don't enter an appearance to defend. I think it's seven or ten days. And uh, if you don't do anything, they then get something called a default judgment. Mm. Default judgment meaning that the judgment is by default. You did not do anything about it. You did not enter into an intention to defend. It's just an automatic default. So they apply for an application for default judgment. They go to court. The clerk of the court, the magistrate, sees that, stamps it. So now they have a judgment against your name. And when you have a judgment against your name, the judgment is valid for 30 years. Wow. That's so that's, right. That's so you've got a judgment now. It's thirty years. Now, um, um, what do you do about it? So, <clears throat> the judgment is granted. There are options in terms of which um, they can collect the money. Mm. Most people then enter into a rearrangement with installments. Mm-hmm. They have an option to attach your movable property. If you have a car, you have a lovely couch at home. They can come and attach it. And mm. sell it in a sale in execution. Wow. But the easy collection method that people go through is they make you sign a consent to an emoluments attachment order, better known as a garnishi order. The garnishi is, uh, it's not the garnish on your salary. <laughs> <or whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, but the correct term is emoluments, emoluments meaning uh, wages and salaries. Attachment order, so they attach your salary. Mm. So what happens? You sign this consent to 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 uh, an emoluments attachment order, um, and then they take that and go to. They're supposed to go to a court where you reside or where you work, and that uh, the, the, the order is granted, and then um, they take that order. They know you're working for Cliff Central. They send that to your HR department. And the HR department must comply with that. This, we've got this order. Please take 100 rand of Jade's account every month of, of salary before you pay her. So they get their money before you get paid. So if you're going to be getting 500 rand for that week, you'll only get 400 rand. Mm. Now, this is where the whole thing comes in. Mm. So what, what this case or rather what the issue regarding emoluments attachment order is, is that there's talk about that there are about two, two million garnishy orders out there. Two million wow. attachment orders. It's a very easy method to collect. Yeah. Mm. If I'm an attorney and I don't want to run around, I know you're working, grab your salary. I'm first in line. I get it first. So if you, if, 
you know, we went through a whole process of um, recession and people lost their jobs. So if you're one of those people that lost their jobs and you're not really guaranteed your next job within the next six months or a year, then what happens with the whole garnishy um, order and the whole process that you just told us about? Well, if you lose you, your job, if you lose your job, there's no salary, so there's nothing to attach. So, so does the ombudsman feel sorry for you and the? Look, we, we're not uh, an organisation that kind of feels sorry for people. We help people and enforce their rights, mm. both in terms from consumers and for credit providers. There are often times that we tell, you know, we find like last year we did 64% in favour of consumers. So the remainder we, we, we found against consumers. Mm. And just while we're on the topic of consumer, I just, we, we've got somebody with you, Nikki, um, Avita Nofal. Is it, is it the or ta? Ta. Ta. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, I always, yeah. okay. <laughs> Avita Nofal. Correct. Okay. So your, your role at the credit ombud is what? I am a, a legal advisor at the Credit Ombud. I would investigate complaints from a member of the public like yourself, a consumer who has a query or a complaint against a non-bank credit provider. Now, I stress the word non-bank because the Credit Ombud deals with subscribing members um, who uh, are not the banks. So if, say, for example, in your uh, example earlier, if you have a um, an account with a bank like Standard Bank, FNB, etc., it would not come through to our office. It would go through to the banking ombud. Now, a complaint comes through to us. I would investigate it. As a first cause, I would look at the merits of the complaint. Is it something that falls within the ombud's jurisdiction? Okay. If it does, then initially um, I would send correspondence through to the credit provider provide them a number of days to respond to the allegations as has been set out by the complainant, the consumer. It is at that point, once we've received a response from the credit provider, that we will determine whether or not there is merit further to investigate the complaint. If it is something that can be easily resolved at that stage, we will call up the consumer, we will advise the consumer, this is a response from the credit provider, and how would you feel about going further on the complaint in the fashion that we try and resolve it then. Um, many times it's a payment arrangement that needs to be done and it's simple enough so we would communicate with both parties and have that sorted out. There may be other instances like a garnishy order having been implemented against a consumer's salary. Um, the consumer would come to us and say, but I've never signed a consent. How was this garnishy ever implemented against my salary? Mm. So we would investigate that process as well. Um, but as a first course, uh, I would write to the credit provider, ask the credit provider to provide us with a loan agreement, the initial loan agreement, uh, copies of the legal documents like, for example, the consent to judgment. Now, when we investigate, we would consider um, all aspects also, the statement of account, look through all of those, uh, try and reconcile against the, uh, the payments that were made by the consumer via his emolument attachment order, colloquially called garnishy order, okay. and where necessary, alert the credit provider if there was something amiss on the documentation or the statement of account as to how the matter may be resolved then. Many times we have good relationships with our credit providers and consumers, so we get the job done. Mm. Um, but recently, you must have heard about the Stellenbosch uh, Garnishy uh, judgment that was um, uh, presided upon by Judge Siraj Desai. Now, that has far-reaching consequences for our for consumers in at, 
in general, where before a consumer uh, and this is what Nikki has alluded to already, where a consumer may have signed a consent to judgment, mm. um, it may have been presented to him at work, and most times consumers don't want to be bombarded by traces, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah. So and they're p- probably also a little bit embarrassed. Absolutely. Yeah. So they will go ahead sign just to get rid of that tracer. And the far reaching consequences of that is that they've actually consented to judgment. Now uh, that shucks. allows for the credit provider to proceed to have a, a, a garnishy order implemented against that consumer's salary. So, you know, try and get as a consumer, be proactive. Mm. If you're not certain about something, don't be shy to say it. I know it is an embarrassing situation at work, for example. But tell the tracer, you can come and see me after hours. If you're not prepared to do that, I'm going to call security and have you removed. So just no, explain the tracer to me. So you see, who is that? Now, a tracer is somebody that is appointed or instructed upon by attorneys or collecting agencies on behalf of the so credit provider. So a physical provider. human being yes. arrives at work. Correct. Mm. May arrive at work, may arrive at your home and present you with a wad of documents and tell you, look, even if you tell them, that tracer, that, sorry, come back to me later, the tracer will, remember, they work on a basis where they get paid if there's a signature on those documents. So they will tell you anything to get you to sign that document. Wow. Many times they'll tell you, no, you're just acknowledging that you saw me today, Mm. but your signature is already there. But now, over and above that bit, you may have consented to jurisdiction of a court that's not within the area that you're residing in or that you're employed at. And that is, again, far-reaching because you cannot approach that court when that matter is being heard. Uh, for example, if you are residing in Santon and you have the traces uh, gets you to sign a consent to jurisdiction in Clarksdorp, I mean, inevitably, you're not going to pitch up at Clarksdorp. And again, ignorance is no bliss. So as a consumer, be proactive. Call the credit ombud. If you are uncertain about something, give our offices a call. We have a skilled team of attorneys that would be able to direct you as to how you may proceed with your matter. If you'd like, I can provide Mm. you with the contact details for our office. Yeah, awesome. And I think if this is you, whether you overspent in December and you're still owing that 15,000 rand or whether your debt is far more and it's a hundred thousand rand and you've had these traces at your office or you're worried listening to what Avita has to say that they might be coming to you. Mm. We, we, we do have these two in the studio with us to answer any questions you do have. So call us on 0861 or get in touch with us on the Cliff Central group on WeChat. We'd love for you to be able to ask them questions. We obviously will also put the podcast up for you to listen to it again. But I mean, Avita, that's quite that's quite scary. It is, and, very. and and that's my whole point around being not or not being ignorant, but not mm. knowing your rights. And it's obviously no loan shock when you sign that because you're desperate. That's why you're there. That's the exactly. reality, right? Unless it's a student loan or it's something else, you're desperate. So you're not saying, oh, so if I take the twenty thousand rand, so um, how does that all work when I don't pay you back after six months? They don't care. They're mm. like, right, we've got you. Buy the strawberries, baby. So you are in, you're in, you're, you know, you're, it's, you're not in the, you have no leverage. Mm. Absolutely. So for, for, I just want to clarify, and, and it might be something that you've also had on your mind while listening to the whole conversation, is when they pick up the phone to you, 
at what stage that do they start to be billed from your side? Because I know that you're the solution, but just so that they know, what is when does that paying start for, from your side? Sorry, uh, maybe I can come in. Yeah. In terms of paying in, so we, we have an SMS line. Okay. Um, where we encourage people, the SMS double four seven eight six. Just SMS us. We call you back. Oh wow! Uh, okay. We, we are we, we're mindful of the fact of the cost of telecommunications and yeah. that. So this SMS line very easy double four seven eight six. And what do you say? Just say hi. Please contact me. Or, okay. or just, and then mm. we call you back and okay. we go through the whole process. And then the cost, what I was referring to is, um, Avita mentioned that you then contact the non-bank credit provider. Yes. Do you, do you charge the consumer from that point? No. The consumer doesn't pay a cent throughout the process. Mm. Not a cent. It's a free service that we offer. And it's a service that we offer... It's, you know, uh, encouraged by government. That so is it schemes. funded by? It is funded. It's funded by the industry. Oh, the wow. entire wow. industry funds it. But, you know, th- th- there's always the argument that because you're funded by the industry, you may be impartial uh-huh. or partial to the industry. But that's not so because we have an independent board that's totally independent, has nothing to do with industry. Okay. The chair yeah. of the board is... Cheaper. Uh, so you really do have the consumers back at heart. Eh? Yes, yes. Exactly. And, and, and on our board, we have three consumer journalists from the Sowetan, from uh, Natal Mercury. So it's a very varied board. And uh, the board, there's um, people from uh, consumer organizations itself. So it's heavily more consumer. It's very fair yeah, it's and fair. monitored. Yes, very yeah. much so. Thank you. I just want some a, a bit of advice maybe for people out there. How can you avoid being heavily in debt? And if you are in debt, what processes by yourself can you do to initiate that? You know, I, I don't want to go through the process of be, being called by an ombudsman. So this is what I'm willing to do so that I can um, not be hmm. in Thank so you. much Pro, you know, You're correct in the sense that one of the things that we in South Africans, why we get ourselves into debt. Incidentally, we have... The highest debt in the world, 84%. We're number one in debt in the world. Wow. Second is Iran. Mm. But we, 80, as small as our as country small is. As small as our country is. Wow. That's because, you know, we have much of a consumption mentality. Mm. We just want to consume. Mm. That lovely sneaker. Exactly. We can't afford it, but everybody has it. But we want it. We want to the, be with, with the, the rolls at the strip joints. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think we need to move away from our consumption based spending mm. and spend on what is necessary. You know, mm. cut down on unnecessary things, do a necessary budget. You know, the necessary food, necessary transport. Mm. Okay, you can have some entertainment, but don't go wild. Wild. Mm. You know, and clothing or whatever. I mean, don't go for the sneaker that's 10 grand. You know, mm. you can't afford it. You know, whatever. So that's that. But if you do get into trouble. Are you listening, Duncan? <laughs> it doesn't matter what the cherries think, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Don't buy the Nikes that you've got on if you can't afford them. Look, we, we also have to be realistic. I mean, credit is the cornerstone of uh, our society. I mm. mean, it lubricates our uh, financial hub. Um, Ultimately, you know, as a consumer, just continue being proactive. Mm. If you have a query, we are there. Contact our officers. Mm. I mean, with this judgment that was recently passed by Judge Desai, if you have a garnishy order and you're uncertain about it or you believe that it may be unlawful, contact us. We'll be able to tell you. We'll look at your documents. Do you have to be in debt of like 10,000 or 99 rand for an op- 
ombudsman to call you because you know there are some people that have accounts with a retail store Jet and they Edgar's exactly and they just owe like 150 rand and all of a sudden they're blacklisted for 150 yeah, I rand. I think there's an important point of clarification in that you only come to us once you've been through the credit provider. So okay. even if you call us and you SMS, I'll come with a query. You must go to the credit provider first, lodge your complaint or your claim. They have 20 days to resolve it. If within 20 days they do not resolve it, you come to us. Then we have full jurisdiction in terms of it's a non-bank credit matter or it's a credit information matter. And maybe we, we're stressing a lot on credit to, today. What we also do is uh, credit information. Now, credit information is the so-called blacklist, which we don't really like the word blacklist. Mm. But what it is is that many people are placed on the bureau unfairly or mm. wrongly. Mm. Um, and we then do the investigation and we then instruct the bureau to take your name off the bureau. Mm. And so how long does that process take? Um, our average days to resolve a complaint last year has been 47 days. Mm. Um, because you need paperwork, this, that, and the other. Mm. Some of them are easy. Uh, you know, we see it's a clear-cut case. We just tell the, the the credit provider or the credit bureau this is wrong. Take it off. They do so. Mm. So it depends on the nature of the case and the complexity. Uh, it's it's, there's it's so, so much interesting. to learn. Mm. It's exactly. We we so uh, I I'd actually love to have to chat to one of the journos just to hear mm. you know what the consumer side is because. I'd love to know how many people are being, not conned, I mean, I know we can't, well, I'm saying it, because if someone told me I'm a sign just to make sure that someone knew he was there and he was lying, uh-huh. he's bloody conning me. <laughs> but I'd love to know from the consumer side how many are actually just falling prey to this kind of legal bullying, which the is actually not okay. Bullying. Yeah. Mm. So, again, if that is you and, and you are in debt and you're not sure what to do if you have actually, like Nikki said, if you have gone through your credit provider already and you're still uncertain of what to do, get in touch with the credit ombud. They're available. You can SMS that line. What's the line number again, Nikki? Double four seven eight six. Double four seven eight six. You literally have to say, hi, it's Samantha. Please call me. I need help. You don't even have to go that far. Somebody from the credit ombud will phone you and they will do whatever they can to make sure that you are led into a, the right direction rather than being led astray. So thank you both for being with us. Thank you. I must just say that, you know, last year we put 3 million rand back into consumers' pockets. So 3 wow. million physically into their pockets. Wow. You know, we've had solved like big cases of 250,000 returned, written off. And I'm saying that in the context of we're a small organization with a small budget. The NCR, which is a big statutory organization, yes. a budget of like 120 million, we got back more for the consumer than they did. Sure. So we, we got back 3 million back in their pockets already. Excellent, and I think guys. we're standing at this year so far, we, we about at 2.1 million that we put back into consumers' pockets. Wow. That's so awesome. It is. Excellent. So there, there's we'll, hope. Yeah, there, there is. Mm. So also just be aware of what you're doing with your credit card and what you're not doing because as much as there is help for you, you also need to just be aware of what your budgets are and, and what not to be doing with your money. We will be back, but here is a lovely, lovely old school tune just to get you going on hump day. We will be back on Rookies and Rockstars chatting some more information. This is CliffCentral.com. What a lot of information. How helpful was that? We hope that if you are bordering or even in full-on debt 
we hope that whatever was said there can feed you with a little bit of direction and solution-driven information. It is frightening to know that there are that many people in debt, but there are ways for you to get out of it, and there are a lot of things for you to get help. You know, there's a lot of organizations out there to help you. So we are now... I completely forgot about this in the beginning, and I should have actually... It was probably the most important part of Rookies and Rockstars, is that obviously it was Mandela Day... And it's always so emotional every year. It doesn't matter how, how many years he's been away. He's, you know, it's, he's just, he's one of my favorites. Despite uh, what the guys had to say earlier about is he, is he really who he said he was? I think he is. But, uh, Andrew had, had something else to say, but that's, that's part of what they, what they do on that show. And exactly. Yeah. So, but it is a good point. They, they are raising. I, I still back Madiba, love Madiba. And so just to keep you motivated on your hump day before we get into the next quite serious topic around your rights and, and all the other kind of educational elements associated with that, we'll just leave you with this clip from the man himself. The time for the healing of the wounds has come. The moment to preach the chasms that divide us has come. The time to build is upon us. We have at last achieved our political emancipation. We pledge ourselves to liberate all our people from the continuing bondage of poverty, deprivation, suffering, gender and other discrimination. We commit ourselves to the construction of a complete, just, and lasting peace. We understand it still that there is no easy road to freedom. We know it well that none of us acting alone can achieve success. We must therefore act together as a united people for national reconciliation, for nation building, for the birth of a new world. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. The sun shall never set on so glorious a human achievement. Let freedom reign. I thank you. Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Hitcentral.com. I don't care what they say. I love Madiba. He's my favorite. And, oh, it's so lame. I mean, people did this to Diana, like 10, even now. They're still like, was she really who she said she was? Was she that, like, authentic? Please, man. It's Mandela. Let's just give the oak a break. Let's just focus on all the other monkeys that are running the show, you know? Let's not worry about him. Wow. Anyway. So we have a lady on the line. We've gone from quite an intense, serious subject of debt and knowing your rights, and we'll move into still knowing your rights, but into a totally different subject and category. And on the line, Leanne, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Fine, thanks. I'm glad we've got this right. Sometimes... uh the technology lets us down, but today we seem good, so let's just hold yes. on, hold thumbs. <laughs> cool, so obviously you're dealing with 
quite an interesting part of uh, consumer rights and, and people knowing, you know, what their rights are, all that kind of thing. And I think what really appealed to me when I, when I was reading about what you're doing is that it's aimed at children, which if we listen to the man who just, you know, gave that 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 chat Madiba, he was very focused on the youth because he believes that's where it starts. And is that kind of where why you started? Because you want wanted the education to start early. Of course. Well, the youth is the future of South Africa, and they are our foundation, and they're going to be taking our our country forward. You know, and they're they're being raised in a time now which is so futile and so tough economically, emotionally, socially. Things are, are pretty hard for them. So my book has kind of equipped them to, to just go into this new this new generation and this new world with knowing exactly what their rights are and their responsibilities. And it's also it's also a bit of inspiration and motivation for them and comfort. You know, because most some kids it's not like the old days. Like children these days they are um, under households which are under single parents or they're looking after themselves and their brothers and their sisters. The economy is a little bit uncertain. Most of them won't really be able to get a good education. So they have to be informed at a very young age and to know what their rights and responsibilities are. Because without unity, like like Madiba was saying, there can't be peace and there can't be a future. So children have to have a very strong foundation from a very young age. And they're like sponges. They absorb everything from a young age. So it's the perfect time to teach them about their rights and their beauty as individuals and their strength and their and their prominence as as human beings and what they can bring to South Africa and to the world. Absolutely. And so if we just <laughs> if we just go back a step because I'm always well we we're both always fascinated here about how people get to either the approvals or, or have gone through the processes because you're in a very fortunate position where your your children's book called Constitutional Kids is actually endorsed by the Department of Education. How did you get that right? Because I think there are many, many people who would love the same endorsement but just have no idea where to begin. Well, it's actually, um, I'll have to make a little correction there. It's endorsed by the Department of Education's Dr. Manna, who is head of um, social development. So I just had a personal meeting with her. But, but like all other things, you have to go through the red tape and, and all the hoops and that. And I just, I, w- I didn't have a lot of patience, so I couldn't... <laughs> Um, to actually sit in the system to have your book reviewed takes years, and then and then only after then the schools have a choice whether or not they want to implement it in their schools. So I just I have a personal recommendation and an endorsement endorsement from Dr. Mana. So um, oh, it's I have just that as good behind my mind. yeah. So so with that I'm trying the avenue of getting into high schools and private schools. But yes, definitely my my aim is for this book to be part of the of the school curriculum because I find it absolutely vital and important. And I don't know why more focus isn't placed on children's rights and their responsibilities of, of how to be responsible and um, respectable and constructive members of society. And have you always been in the kind of author sector, or did you did you move from something else into writing this? Well, I studied I studied law at Stellenbosch, and then. Um, and then I worked as a writer um, in Parliament for the Parliamentary Monitoring Group. So I had a little bit of writing background, but then it was my trip to India which really changed everything. And I just went on a on an inner journey where I I, I discovered, you know, I, I didn't want to just make a living. I wanted to find out what makes my soul happy, what is my soul purpose, and that is contributing in a positive way to to society and to children. And then I just 
in, in India, you know, I was living in poverty-stricken areas, and these kids were just neglected, abused. It was just, it was, it was horrific. And then it made me think that South Africa has one of the most advanced constitutions in the world, and our children have no clue about it. It's like, it's like having a present and just never unwrapping it and finding out what the contents are. So I decided to just, and I majored in constitutional law, so I decided to break down the constitution in a very simple, easy, fun way for kids to understand it mm. and apply it in, in their own lives. So that's how it pretty much all came about. Hi, Leanne. How are you? You're speaking to Miss Prue now. <laughs> hi. Hi, hi. Are you good? Yes, I'm very well. Thank you. I saw, I saw that you have a campaign to give kids um, the Constitution book. You're launching your You're campaign. Launching your campaign. When and what is the when? When can we expect to see the campaign? Yes. Well, I've basically I launched it about a week or two ago, and I've already received fantastic support from SSLEBs like Lira and Minky van der Vestes and Barry Hilton and Derek Watts. So everyone's getting excited and, and everyone's getting on board. Um, so I'm starting with all the local underprivileged schools. And, and our local communities, and we're just we're getting people and businesses and whoever whoever would like to to just sponsor as many or as few copies of my book as possible, and then we go out and distribute it to the local to the local children. We're going to be starting with the Western Cape, and then moving mm-hmm. up until all kids in the country actually have a copy. This is what I'm going to be dedicating my life to until every single child knows and understands their rights and responsibilities. And Leanne, is is that campaign called Constitutional Kids? Is that what yeah, people it's, it's, would? How would people, if if my company, for example, wanted to buy some books, what would I need to do? Yes, you just contact me directly um, on Lee Flack one zero eight double seven at gmail dot com. That's L double E F L A C K one zero eight double seven at gmail dot com. You can also check out my website which is leannflack.co.za. That's L-E-E-A-N-E-F-L-A-C-K.co.za. And then all orders can be made through us. We'll correspond, and then um, I'll issue invoices, and we'll, we'll chat about everything. And then you can either – I will post your books to them. I'll, yeah, they'll, they'll get their books from me, or um, they, can just, they can just pledge their, their donation. And then my, myself and my team will go out and distribute the books on their behalf, take photos with the kids, and send it to them. Leanne, how have the kids responded to the book? Have they oh, it's, taken it's it? Been, it's, it's really been phenomenal because I've had, and this this book doesn't just apply to underprivileged kids. It applies to all kids from all walks of life, even, you know, the kids who are in, in advantaged families because they don't understand the concept of um, how bullying actually infringes your constitutional rights. And I also discuss suicide and depression and drug mm. abuse and relationships and all kinds of things that, these kids come to me and they're like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea what I was doing was, was, was so unacceptable. And mm. some kids have, you know, they've, they've, they've had realizations and epiphanies and it just built their self-confidence for them to know that they are unique and individual and special and they have so many powers and mm. they, they don't have to just succumb to what media and social, the social society wants them to be. They can actually just express themselves freely as as beautiful, unique individuals. So I've gotten amazing feedback from them and children who didn't realize the difference between discrimination and for them to know they have the right to actually follow any religion they, they, they want, for example, or speak in any language they choose. You know, there's so much in this book, and these kids are really just mind-blown by, by realizing all these things that they have because their parents are not in, even not in a position to teach them or 
are unsure of how to approach the subject and I just lay everything out easy and simple and fun. Is there a way to, to, to approach the parents as well to get them to read the book so that they can uh, maybe explain it to their kids if their kids don't understand what are rights? What are their rights, actually? You know, parents could actually just be, it could be explained to them how important it is for their child to know what their rights and responsibilities are so that the child will also, um, so that kids can, can teach their parents as well in the same way of how to how to just have a healthy, wholesome relationship and for them to know how important it is that they are protected because parents can't be with the kids 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So if something happens to a child, a child will automatically know, okay, this situation isn't right. Like, for example, in Section 28, there's a section that says if a child is arrested for any reason, you know, it could even just be in the wrong place, wrong time, or the 16-year-old gets arrested for having weed on them or whatever the case may be, and mm-hmm. that child gets arrested, gets taken to jail, there are regulations in place. Like, that child can't be kept in a cell with prisoners over 18 years old. Their parents have to be phoned immediately. They have to be kept in search conditions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, parents have no idea, and these children are treated in barbaric ways. And mm. they, the parents just let it slide because they have no idea their child actually has certain rights protecting them. So it's, it's things like that which are very essential. Yeah, it's, it's very informative. Like, I, for I, I, I grew up actually in a in a place where people, um, where parents had the upper hand, and they didn't want young people to know that they have rights because once they mm-hmm. know they have rights, they tend to become. Um, big-headed or they start doing wrong things because they know there's something that protects them from getting into jail or going to places. So it's quite interesting to know that now there's um, there's actually information out there and a different way to approach this. Yeah, but there's always two sides of the coin because with rights comes responsibility. So in the same way of if you have the right to equality and to freedom of speech, in the same way you, you have the, the, the responsibility to not abuse that and to treat others with, with uh. love and respect and, 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 and honor them as well. So there's always, there's always both sides. So my book emphasizes the responsibilities as well as the rights. It's not just, oh, you can run amok and do whatever you want. There are specific consequences to your actions as well. Absolutely. And, you know, also, I just, it's so encouraging because true, there's someone at your door, Leanne. That your no, door, our me. door. <laughs> your door. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. I've never heard the doorbell before. Um, so, <laughs> Leanne, I mean, how uh, price point of the books? Does it vary in volume, or how does it work? Pardon, I, I didn't the get the price of the books. The price. So, oh, okay. if, if a corporate wants to get involved, does it vary between one to ten, ten to a hundred? Um, I can, depending on on the quantity which is ordered. We can always work out a, a certain deal, but otherwise the book is 70 rand a copy. And it's also available, the e-version is available for download on the online learning site, um, obami.com. And on, on the site, it's only 49 rand. Oh, you nice. Can get your e-book from there. How do you spell Obami? It's www.obami.com, O-B. A-M-I. Oh, great. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to get one also just for us to have in the office to understand and for mm. people to see it. So I'll definitely get one. And um, obviously, because of my agency dealing with FMCGs and different corporates, wherever we can, um, we'll obviously also help drive it because it is really so, so important that the, the youth... Yeah, and, and the, even, and just like case in court, I don't know if you guys remembered just recently, the, the Bredarsdorf murders, that 14-year-old girl who was murdered by yes. her, I think, 27-year-old boyfriend. Huh? So that's a wow. case of, like, 
of abuse, which which kind of escalates maybe over over a period of time. And these girls don't understand. I have the right not to be abused. Mm. And then it obviously just got to the point where the line just got crossed and she ended up murdered. So these kids have to know from a very young age, if you are being abused and and you're under 18 years old, there are places you can go. There are people you can speak to who will take care of you. Most kids have no idea. Like, they just feel they're all alone. They don't even know about child welfare or mm. um, places which, are, which the government has provided for them to go to, safe houses. They just have no clue. Also, in my book, there's also a list of numbers and places where children can go and people to phone oh, when they're so asking nice. threatened or, or, or in danger or just need someone to talk to. Cool. So Rookies and Rockstars is 100% behind Constitutional Kids. That's so awesome. And we wish you all the best because not many people stop what they're doing and give up their lives to do it for others. So thank you for, for your time. We, we've run out of time. It's it's uh, the pet show next. So we look forward to chatting, to, to seeing what they have to say about the animals. But right now, if you've had any inclination to want to support Leanne's campaign and get involved and help her, we will load the podcast up later on where you can find out all her information, websites and numbers, as well as any any other information about the campaign. So thanks, Leanne. It's, it's so encouraging to see South Africans doing things that are for not only children, but also not for themselves. Thanks, Ms. Prue. Thanks so much. And Madiba also said a society is judged by the way they treat the, the weakest the weakest members of them, and those, those are our children. So we really have to rally together in order to just make a difference in the, in, the, in the lives of everyone in our whole country. Definitely. So we will keep in touch. Thank you for your time, and thanks for joining us on Rookies and Rockstars. Thank you. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Cool. That is us over and out. Hump day is over. Miss Prue, can you believe? Yeah, actually, no, I can't believe it. It went by so, so fast. I actually learned so much today and it was so enlightening. Absolutely. And we hope you have two. One about debt. The second part about how you can get involved with making sure that even if it's two or three children around you get to get their hands on that book and start to understand what their rights are. We will be back next week, Wednesday on Rookies and Rockstars. Bye. Rookies and Rockstars. Cliffcentral.com.